WPTF Radio, Raleigh, North Carolina. And I'm Reese Edwards. Hello, everybody. Atlantic Coast Conference Tournament Basketball is on the air. This is Wally Osley. This is Bill Jackson speaking. Hello, everybody. Welcome now to Sportsline. Gary Dornberg with you. I'm Tony Rixby, WPTF News. Hello, this is Charles Kuralt, CBS News, WPTF in Raleigh. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Carolina Newsmakers. I'm Don Curtis. Hello, friends. This is Bill Friday. WPTF in Raleigh. I'm Rufus Adbiston on the Weekend Gardener. Now, here is your moderator, Tom Kemp. Thanks for watching this week's NC Spin. Now, here is Kate Kaiser. Hi, yo. Well, that's good. This is Aunt Devine. This is Robert St. John in the NBC Newsroom in New York. The Monitor Edition of News of the World. Debnam views the news. And now, here is Mr. Debnam. Good afternoon, everyone. Gertz Cooley, Sam Beard, and Jim Reed, and Carl Gertz. Thank you, Sam, and greetings to all of our listeners. This is Harry Presley, WPTF in Raleigh, North Carolina. Wayne Edda is standing by now with a check of the latest news. WPTF News presents Regional Report, a digest of late happenings throughout the area. This is Bill Ellis. This is Jimmy Capps. For the nocturne, we send as our best this is Bill Hope. This is Warren Barfield with Kingdom Scott at the organ and a program of familiar carols. Good morning, this is Phil Franklin. And this is J.C. Knowles with the North Carolina Collection on WPTF. I'm Mike Blackman, WPTF News. This is Robert Hager, WPTF News. This is Bob Farrington. Good morning, everybody. Charlie Gaddy here with Ask Your Neighbor. Mario Dale here. Fess Parker, our guest this morning here at News Talk 680. Well, Jack Boston, that was a great introduction. Everyone, great to have you with us. This is North Carolina's Morning News. I'm Brian Freeman on WPTF. Hello, I'm your friend Bart Rittner. Good afternoon. Welcome back to the Bob Butler Show. And this is Ned Champion reporting. And here is Carl Venters. WPTF is the voice that shares with its neighbors what it's like to be living the life of Raw. This is Charles Osgood wishing Mike Raley and Ann Clapp congratulations on the anniversary of WPTF's Weekend Garden Report. This is Donna Mason on 680 WPTF. And I'm Dick Stork in the WPTF Record Vault. Good morning to you. Johnny Hood on the Southern Farm Network. Well, howdy, everybody. I'm Hap Hanson. I'm Marlon Bowling reporting. I'm Ann Clapp. And this is a Tar Heel Gardener saying, keep them growing. Now, the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. All right, we're back on WPTF. We're just sitting here talking among ourselves. I guess you have been too. 919-860-9783. 919-860-WPTF. You're listening to The Weekend Gardener. Mike Rayley here along with Ann Clapp and uh, our esteemed colleague, Brother Rufus Edmonston. Mm-hmm. Is here and uh, Phil Campbell, who brought in a bunch of camellias. She's got some pretty ones. Yeah, there. some from the yard, some from the nursery. Right, and some from the ones in the yard are over sixty years old, and I have no idea what they are. And Lane's trying to help me right now. All right, <laughs> give him something to do. Yeah, like he doesn't have anything. No. Whew. 
All right, and uh, you brought in some Edgeworthia, and that is a nice fragrance. Yeah, and this is, is a, a nice, really nice fragrance, Steve. Oh, that's uh, honeysuckle. This, yeah, Christmas honeysuckle is what my mom always yeah. called it. Yeah, winter, it, winter uh, honeysuckle. It smells good. And, and uh, quince. Quince is, is blooming like crazy right quince now. Quince is mm. great. Nice, yeah. yeah, kind of a, yeah. Uh, the, the honeysuckle has kind of a lemon and a fragrance like the Daphne, which is starting to bloom and yep. In some areas, and probably then, down east a little more than here. I, Lane didn't mention this, but I don't know, and I don't know that he's got any blooming yet, but um, the um, jasmine, uh, we got some jasmine in, Carolina jasmine in this week, and um, it is blooming, so that's nice. Yeah. It smells like baby powder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, we got, uh, we got a full deck of calls here. Bob right. is in Raleigh. Bob, good morning, WPTF. Thanks for your patience, my friend. How are you today? We're great. How can we help you? Quick question on sunflowers. Uh, Number one, is it too early to plant them in the ground, uh, even if I keep them covered up and nice and warm? And number two, if I put them in peat pots instead, would that transfer into the ground in in maybe two, three weeks after they sprout? Bill, what would you do with those sunflowers? Oh, boy. Let me me think a minute. I would not put them out until May 1 in the ground. Okay, because the ground's going to be cold. Even yeah. if you try to put, like, pine straw or mulch or something over it, um, I would not put the plants out until about May 1. So I would say that you don't need to put those in peat pots until uh, probably the first week in April or the second. I mean, they're going to come up fast, and they're going to grow fast. And what you don't want to do you don't want to get them root bound in those in those pots, even though they're in peat pots. Um, you don't want to get the roots to start circling around at the bottom. You want them to be growing down into the peat pots. So I would say they're maybe the first of April. Okay, and if I use peat pots, do I break those apart when I put them in the ground? I would. Okay. Okay, yes. well, great. Thank you very much. Okay. Bob, thank you so much. Please call Thanks us again. We'll calling. try not to make you hang on so long. <laughs> That's okay. No problem. Thank you. Thank you. Let's go to Jack. Jack, thanks for your patience. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I need some advice on pruning my blueberries. My blueberry is about 12 feet tall, and I would like to trim them down before I could reach all all of the berries. <laughs> oh, I wish Denny was here. <laughs> Doctor Warner is like the expert on that. How um, much can I cut out the top of those plants? Can you do that now? I mean, it, are they aren't they blooming or not yet? No, no, they're not. They haven't started to bloom yet. No. Okay, yeah, yeah, so but you, it's still too early because you're gonna you're gonna cut off. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're gonna cut cut off blooms. The the berries. What would be the berries? I think you're probably going to need to wait until summer on that, but yeah. I would have to, after they well after they quit bearing. Okay. Right after they quit bearing. Okay. Now, how much can I cut off the top? The top. Probably a third. Generally, right. the the extension service recommends, and I think most most horticulturists uh, would would like you to do no more than a third. Yeah. Okay. On, on most plants, but not yeah. all. So I could cut three or four feet off the top of it. Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. But not that, now. <laughs> not now. You'll not, cut your berries. After, uh, after the uh, the uh, berries falling, I can cut them. Right. Yeah. You leave those up top for the birds. Yeah, okay. And maybe they'll leave you a few down low. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got three rows. Wow. Put bird nets 
on two of them. Uh-huh. So it's like the year before I did that, I got no berries at all. I'll bet. I walked out one day, and about 12 crows flew up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. That's what flies out of my fig tree. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm, uh, I just went to this uh, to NC State uh, specific. There is a specific pamphlet on uh, pruning rabbit eye blueberries. Okay. It says once the plants reach 45 years old, prune them each winter by cutting out three to four of the largest, oldest canes. And uh, crossing disease, low-hanging branches should also be removed. Prune after the plants have shed their leaves, but before flower buds begin to open December through March. So, oh. so this uh, this sounds more like a fall, yeah. something you would do in the fall rather than I mean, late summer, fall. Mm-hmm. But it, it it recommends dropping the leaves. The dropping the leaves. So wait a little longer to do that. So definitely okay. don't do it right now. Sounds kind of like you're pruning them like Nandinas, too. Yeah. You're going to go and get the older canes out. So. But it does mention March, yeah. so maybe maybe you're still in, in the window. How do they look right now? Uh, they're pretty much bare. Yeah. Better check, though, to make sure they don't have buds coming out on them. Yeah. Okay. And just yeah. realize just realize that you would be losing uh, some some of the blueberries. That okay. you you or the birds would be enjoying. Okay. Well, like my wife says, birds have to eat too. They do, that's and right. that's uh, that's one of the things that you know, we, like should that, so. we should grow things. We should, but we should well, grow. I've got three rows, and I've got nets on two rows. Yeah. That third row is for the birds. Yeah, that's good. Maybe they'll yeah. leave yours alone. Do they know that? <laughs> <laughs> Jack, well, good luck with that, buddy. Well, thank you very much. Enjoy your program. I've been listening to it ever since John Harris did it. Wow. Wow. Well, that goes back 36 years. So when he yeah. when he ended his tenure, he did it for 40 years. I 15, this show with three hours seems like it moves too quickly, but uh, I don't know what John – I mean, I remember doing a few shows with John toward the end of his – his stint, and uh, it, I'll tell you, it really flew by at 15 minutes. Right. He, he ended up about 30 minutes, did he? No, he was. He did a 15-minute show for 40 oh, years. Okay. We uh, we actually, uh, Irv Evans and I, when we changed the name and out of deference to him, we didn't want to call ourselves Atario Gardeners. Yeah. So uh, that in 1985, we made it a 30-minute talk show then. But he read letters and, and joked around mm-hmm. and gave advice. <laughs> Told funny stories. He he was a great man. Great man. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jack. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, it's a 70 show. This show essentially is 76 years old with uh, with Mr. Uh, or Dr. Well, I don't know. He, he didn't have a doctorate, did he? John Harris? Did he have a doctorate? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. But uh, Professor Harris, mm-hmm. Professor Emeritus John, John H. Harris, the Tar Heel Gardener. Uh, Linda is in Princeton. Linda, good morning. Hey, good morning, folks, and thank you for continuing this show. This is a this is a tradition that I've known all my life, and I love listening to you. Well, thank you. As long as I can, I can get people to come in and and do the show. We'll it'll continue as long as I have my health. I'll I'll try to continue it as long as they want me to do it. I mean, they may they may decide they want somebody 
younger to do it. <laughs> well, I, no, no, no. I won't come then. <laughs> well, I'm a wise guy, I'll tell you that. You'll listen to me in the newsroom sometime. Yeah. Um, tell me about how I can get rid of green moss that's growing all around the foundation of my house on the north side of the house. I've always had a little green moss, and I know that it's because of all the rain, but I have a, I, it's almost like a carpet around the back side of my house now. Some people would really like that, but yes. moss comes from wet, compacted, shady soil. And uh, the north side of the, the house, north side of a tree, et cetera, is a great place. But, uh, you know, this with all the rain we've had, that's certainly helped it along. But they, you have to break up the soil. You have to aerate the soil, till it. Uh, you have to uh, bring the pH back to uh, more normal range with lime. Uh, soil tests helps there. And... That uh, that that's the main thing. The lime and the you can't do a lot about the shade, I suppose, uh, unless you cut down trees uh, north side of the house. I don't know if you. Yeah. And Roundup doesn't do any really any good. No. And people, you know, people. Some people really, really like. I like moss. Yeah, we you have know, people I don't, I don't call mind. and want to buy moss. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so would you suggest that I go out there like with a steel pine garden rake and? rake the top layer of moss off and just get rid of that and then get down to the soil? Well, it it needs to, you really, you really need to aerate it. You, it needs more than that. It needs to, you get rid of that compaction. Just, just chipping away at the top, scraping away at the top is not going to do it. it and just, it'll it probably needs, look worse with, with than it does with the moss. Cause you it can needs that. to be tilled. Yeah. It really yeah. does. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And lime, you said. Yeah, and you know, getting a soil test is it never hurts anything. It always helps, and that will tell you that uh, your soil is too acidic. So the you know the moss likes buttermilk. You can start you can start a little moss garden with some buttermilk. Okay. That's very acidic. Okay. Yeah. You take right. it. Take well, a swig and pour some on the pour some on the moss. <laughs> you don't like. You don't like buttermilk? No, use it to make cool. You like bread. buttermilk, Linda? I, I, I like buttermilk in my biscuit. Yeah. <laughs> buttermilk yeah, biscuits me too. and corn. Oh, yeah. That's it. Yeah, you're talking. Linda, thank you very much. Thank you for your advice. Have a great day. Call us again. All right, we'll talk to Karen in Chapel Hill and Joey in Fuquay Verena coming up on The Weekend Gardener. You're listening to the longest-running gardening show on the radio. It's the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. All right, we're all back in here enjoying ourselves. Hope you are nice and warm and have a great day. Karen is in Chapel Hill. Karen, are you going out and celebrate tonight if uh, Carolina beats Duke? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> not going to Franklin Street. Well, they don't want anybody to, so we better not do that. I'm not taking that stand. How can we help you? Well, yesterday I had a huge cherry tree stump ground up and removed. And the reason I did this was it was too close to the house, and it even raised the sidewalk close to the house. Wow. Now, 
all that groundwood has been incorporated in the soil, and when I step on it, it's very spongy. Now, can I plant directly in this? or No, it, it, on, you're using it as a mulch on top of the ground is one thing, but, uh, but incorporating it into the, into the ground uh, will start leaching out uh, nutrients, I would suppose, from any plant that you, that you would try to put in there. So they'd be competing. So yeah. should I remove that? Oh, it's about five-inch layer of all this. Should I remove that first? Well, you could put a nice. Uh, you could do that if you wanted to. You could put a nice decorative pot on on top of, of that area, and or two or three, and put some plants in that. Um, we've done that with a stump in our yard. It's kind yeah. of in a a wooded area, but uh, we uh, this decaying stump. We've got a, a really nice <coughs> pot on it, and some ivy rolling out, and some other things. Uh, so you can do a lot with pots, but uh, yeah, you can. If you want to get rid of of that, you would need to get rid of the material, or you could. Yeah, you know, it, it it'd be tough to plant anything right now, don't you think, Phil? It it would be, except for one thing. What? How long has the tree been dead? The tree was never dead. Okay, we, ha- we had to remove it because it was okay. in front of the house raising the sidewalk. Okay, that's that's pretty much the answer to that question then yes what mike is saying is that all of that is green bark or green ground uh ground up um whatever cherry uh pieces um so what's what's going to happen is it's going to take all of your uh nitrogen out while that breaks down so it will if you want i mean like he said put container gardens around that area and give that some time and it's probably going to also, uh, with the roots and all that sort of thing, decaying is probably going to uh, sink down even more uh, mm-hmm. and form a more of a pond instead of a, a raised bed. So if she added some lime to that, that area, would that help yeah. it break down and make, start making kind of a compost area? Adding a little lime right, maybe right. would help and, and mixing that in to help it break down some. Right. So... Yeah, but right now the best thing to do is put either take it out or put some containers. If you take it out, you're probably going to have to put a pretty good amount of topsoil in there. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you answered my question because it's right in front of the house and mm-hmm. next to the sidewalk and the street, and it's really an eyesore the way it is yeah. now. Well. So, well, see, thank you so much for your help. You're very welcome. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could probably, you know, you come to think of it, you could, wonder if she could put some, even with that uh, sawdust there or shavings, if she could put some kind of ground cover there. Of course, that would take a while for it to grow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I scratch that. Yeah, yeah, I think it's going to need more soil. Than, than is there. Okay. Well, we'll talk to uh, Joey and J.C. Knowles uh-huh. and Gary coming up on the WPTF Weekend Gardener. Uh, it's been a been a fun show. We've had two two uh, professors on this morning. Uh, Dr. Tom Monaco, who was head of the horticulture department, was on with us briefly at at your command. He called us. 
and because uh, he's a fishing buddy, mm-hmm. Phil Phil knows Phil and Rufus know everybody. They really do. <laughs> and uh, of course, uh, Doctor Denny Werner was uh, nice enough to come on this morning. I met him out at Campbell Road Nursery and cornered him and begged him to be on the show. So he was nice enough to to come on with us. He's a good good one. He certainly is one of the best. More of the weekend gardener coming up here in WPTF. Let's get back to the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. We're back on WPTF. Mike Rayley here along with Ann Clapp and Rufus Edmonston. Phil Campbell of Campbell Road Nursery is also with us. Joey is in Fuquay. Joey, thank you very much. Good morning. Hey, thank you, guys. What a pleasure to be on your show. Well, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to have you on. Um, I just want to say I'm not someone that has a green thumb, but I do have a couple of quick questions, and I'll just... Put it out there and then, and then hang up and listen. To okay. What are. Um, my wife and I are empty nesters, and we're getting ready to purchase our, I guess, our second home now, our final home in Anger to be close to our newest grandchild. Um, the property we're looking at has, uh, unfortunately, like a some unsightly rental property, uh, mobile homes in the back in the distance. And I'm trying to think what would be the uh, an affordable, um, economical shrub or tree that would grow relative, you know, 12-foot high or greenery that would be something that for some privacy. Well, that would be a hardy plant. All right. There, also, there are several of them. Okay. And also, um, always wanted to be, have an apple tree or a couple of them on the property. Is there a brand that or that you guys would recommend that would do well here in the, this, this Andrew area for something that would mature quickly? All right. And well, that was my only question, and I appreciate any advice. I'll hang up now and listen. Joe, th- Joey, thank you very, very much for calling us. And uh, well. please call again. Will do. All right. As for the the trees, that was what the Leland Cypress was made to order for until it, it developed all those diseases and things. I think that's what uh, Dr. Ralston had in mind. Uh, that, uh, that didn't work. The Nellie R. Stevens holly is uh, is a great addition there are uh, magnolias that you can uh, do green giants if you want something uh, that's similar to right uh the arborvitaes but i would make a um but you want a mix i would make a mix and put some of the blue sapphire cedars in and some things like that sapphire cedars yeah they're just gorgeous and it gives you that really blue gray color yeah, put in some yellow, color something that has something uh, some some yellow. Or some of the green yeah. giants. I, I don't I don't know that there, but there are some arborvitae that yeah. that would have that. But you could um, yeah. wax myrtles are are not a big cover, but that's something that could work in the mix. I like tea olives. Yeah, that's yeah. a that's a great idea. Uh, fragrant tea olives, Os- osmanthus, joy. So. Uh, some of the hollies, like the Nellie R. Stevens, they get huge. Yeah. I mean, really, really big. 30 feet tall and and yep. 30 feet wide. I think you'll find the tea olive grows rather rapidly, too. Yeah. And it's a great mixture because you get all these beautiful blooms and this wonderful scent. Yeah, and I have I have smelled that fragrance in the last couple of weeks. Yep. So I think in my landscape, but somewhere so it is uh, they bloom several times a year these tiny little blooms lots of fragrance there so there are varieties of magnolias uh the hollies uh, the nelly r stevens holly 
the fragrant osmanthus, uh, the green giant, the the variety of arborvitae, or just uh, some varieties that uh, some plants that you can think about using. Anything else that, that y'all can think of that has worked well for you? No, I think those are some of the best. Yeah, th- the those are reliable. Area. Very right. reliable, I think, all of those. So, Joy, uh, and apple trees, apples, uh, we haven't had a lot of, they they like Hendersonville. <laughs> they like Henderson County. Yeah, I'm just checking. You know, west of Asheville, much, much more so than this area. It's it's hard. You can, you can grow apples, okay. but. Yeah. Go we, ahead, Phil. We grew, we grew some <clears throat> apple trees for the town of Holly Springs. They have put them. They're they're the more they're the smaller growing apples. They've put them in um, in ha- whiskey barrels. We cut whiskey barrels in half. They put them in the garden at Holly Springs, and um, I'm checking right now to find out what the name of it is. But we have a we bought some extras, and we have a few of those left. So yeah, uh, if you would like for us to save you one, you can let us know. And he's in Fuquay. Yep. <clears throat> he, of course, he's in Fuquay and, and Nelsa. Yep, if you look up right, Nelsa, Nelsa Cox of the Garden Hut, yep. uh, who's on this show a lot, she can uh, probably tell you ex- uh, some more varieties that, that might work in Fuquay. Yep. And it's uh, they can be a lot of work, pruning them properly each year. Um. And you know, and planting them in the right kind of soil, but they, most of the varieties really like the the cooler, cooler climates. They like the mountains. I've never had one to do any good. Yeah, an apple tree. Now pears do well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, prunes. Good old prunes. <laughs> <laughs> crab apples fair. Yeah. I mean, the crab apples probably yeah. work better than than their relatives. But uh, you, you can you need to find the right variety, and you may need more than one variety. Yeah, you might want to check with those people over there at Holly Springs yeah. and find out why they chose the particular one they did. I think one reason was because it grows uh, smaller. Yeah. But uh, check with them; they might have some information on that. I'm sure they would. But he's pro- Joey and, has probably gone to the farmer's market or someplace and found apples that he really likes, yeah. and that's what he wants. Yeah. And you're not going to be able to grow an Arkansas black yeah. here. So, yeah. uh, th- hope those a- ideas help. Well, let's uh, introduce our great friend and uh, historian, antique expert J.C. Knowles. J.C., thanks for calling, buddy. All right, yes, bring on J.C. Knowles. Every Saturday, but I, I, I don't call that often. But uh, I've had eight skin cancer surgeries lately, and my head is all bandaged up, but I'm doing great. So so what kind of stories have you come up with to to say what kind of fight you've been in? (laughs) Who have you been defending? (laughs) They know my wife is brutal anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, just tell them you're in the early stages of being a mummy. <laughs> Practicing. Oh my gosh! Well, I, we we uh, pray that all of that will be be working well, JC, and I'm sure you were taken real good care of. Uh, I wanted to ask you a question. About, I got 14 knockout roses, mm-hmm. and they've never done anything. 
course, I'm going to be honest with you. I've never done anything to them. You mean they haven't but, grown uh, up uh, tall or anything? They're not growing. I, very few leaves on them. Last summer, I kind of looked at them every day when I went down to the mailbox. And out of the 14, I doubt if I had two two dozen blossoms on them. Now, did you notice anything weird on them, like really, really big thorns? Or... No, I didn't see anything wrong with I was just looking at a... Uh, but you say there weren't a lot of leaves. Yeah, and they, they haven't they grown. It's, have it, leaves, hardly. Could, could there be, uh, when they were planted, uh, Phil, or Rufus, or Ann, some uh, problems with the roots not being able to, to spread out enough? Maybe the hole wasn't be. big enough? or. It sounds like a root problem to me, but what do I know? I'm a dumb disc jockey. No, you're not. <laughs> yeah, sometimes a, a plant could be root-bound in a pot when you plant it, and if you don't break the roots up, then it doesn't grow too well. But knockout roses are pretty they're, – they're pretty tough unless they get rose rosette. Right. They usually get so, get – can yeah. get out of hand. You got a soil problem there, JC, of some kind. <laughs> maybe. Well, maybe. Phil, maybe I don't live at 10 minutes from me, so maybe you could I'll come look at him. Put that on your list, Phil. I'll come look at him. Yep. Yeah. I'll be glad and, to. Uh, Rufus, uh, I don't know whether you got your notice or not, but the good old boys are going to meet on the 30th of this month. I got my notice, and I'm, I'm very thrilled. I don't quite know how they'll pull it off, but. West good old boys will be there. <laughs> is that the Chitlin Club? No, 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 no. Oh, this no, is that's a good old boys. Okay. This is even even higher than that. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Yeah. So yeah, we we dine at the Carolina Country Club. <laughs> okay. I, I proposed uh, for Mike's membership, but Mike says he's working that day. I, I yeah, I, it would. Uh, I would not be able to get off. Plus, you know, I talk a lot on the air. You guys talk. I understand y'all tell stories and 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 stand up and talk. So yeah, that's that's everybody uh, tells a story every every day. That's that's not my thing. I'm not a public speaker except behind a yeah, microphone. Everybody except in a little closet minutes. behind a microphone. Yeah, uh, everybody has two minutes, and I'm the timekeeper, but I usually <laughs> give them three. Yes, you're very generous. Some of the greatest fellowship that I have ever attended. Really, I, that's what I understand. That's what I understand. It, it, it but is really great. Maybe when I retire. <laughs> well, that would be great. Of course, you ain't ever going to retire. I, I, I don't know. Mr. Curtis may get tired of me. There's always that. He no, says he'd go that. before you went. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I got a little humor here before I leave. All right. This man met the girl of his dreams, and she agreed to marry him, and he wanted to take her home to uh uh show her off to his mother but he wanted to make a little game out of it so he took three women rather than just the one he was going to marry and they sat around in the living room talked for a couple hours finally the man said now mother guess which one of the three i'm going to marry she says it's easy the one in the middle (laughs) he said well you're right mother but how do you know because I don't like her. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Oh, classic, classic, JC. Y'all have a good one. You too, buddy. You too. We 
Thank you. I appreciate that. Bye-bye. The great J.C. Knowles. Uh, More of the Weekend Gardener. Not much, but a little bit of the Weekend Gardener coming up on WPTF. You're listening to one of the longest-running radio shows in the country, the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. So we like a little beach music. What are you going to do when we're gone? <laughs> yeah, we on once one day a week, uh, you know. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> that's my thought this morning. Uh, what are you going to do when I'm gone? We're gone. That's a great song. That's a Smokey Robinson song. He wrote a, wrote a, wrote a lot of those Motown songs. Mm. Hey, uh, and I'm sure if Smokey were living in Raleigh, he'd, he'd go to King's Auto Service. To get his car fixed, because, you know, servicing is so important, keeping that car, those expensive cars going, and you need a cycle of service for your car. Uh, Your cycle of service begins the month you buy your car. That cycle does not necessarily match with the normal seasonal changes, however, because you'd be thinking about your springtime seasonal change right now. At King's Auto Service, they will service your your schedule, actually, your service intervals and based on that cycle. For folks using synthetic oil, and, and many of us do now, um, the new cars require it. Uh, driving limited miles, as some of us do, you may go months past the normal service based on those miles, and you'll need to schedule your service two to three times a year. During your service, Kings will check uh, the wipers and belts and tires and transmission levels, all of that. For uh, for those of you driving a, a Prius or maybe some other type of hybrid vehicle, they have certified hybrid technicians at Kings and are now able to refurbish your high-voltage battery pack for less than the dealer will charge to replace it. This usually occurs around 150,000 miles or so. So call Kings on Monday to schedule a courtesy battery analysis. Kings Auto Service, Kings Correct Lube, easy to find at 1039 Northwest Street in downtown Raleigh and at kingautomotive.net. Kings Automotive Service, Raleigh's most reliable auto care since 1946. You're listening to the Weekend Gardener. On WPTF, and uh, we talked for many, many years about black cow, the mature manure. You know, the warmer weather is uh, is planting time almost, and uh, it, it's certainly getting close to planting season. So you want to get started getting that garden ready, getting that soil ready. Make sure you get your flower and vegetable gardens off to a great start with black cow. You can uh, prepare new plant beds with a one-and-a-half-inch layer of black cow in the area and then mix it with the soil about six inches deep. Black cow is natural and organic, and it contains nutrients that are released slowly without burning tender roots. Pick up the bright yellow bag and get some, get some growing going on out there in the, the landscape. For more details, check the website 
blackcow.com. It's a great one, blackcow.com. Gary, oh, uh, before before we get to Gary, uh, brother Gerald, Gerald Adams uh, texted me, Chendo Viburnum. Right. For Joey, uh, not Joey, uh, for, for the caller in, in uh, this moving to Anger. That and uh, Joey. Was Joe? No, Joey's in Fuquay. Uh, but yeah, but he's moving. Yeah, but so, he's moving to Anger. Oh, okay. <clears throat> to be clear. That's right. That's great, right. He wanted the apple trees yeah. in. Uh, for, yep. So, Joy, uh, Chendo Viburnum is a great idea. That's then, another re- reliable plant. Yeah, and David McDowell uh, texted me. So, we got a lot of listeners. Uh, he want, he mentioned uh, Sasanqua because then you can have of some course. Mm-hmm. Of course. Of really course. Why bloom. didn't I? Yeah. We've got all these. We've yeah. had all of these camellia yeah. blooms. Yeah. And uh, Rufus, I'm surprised, surprised you didn't mention that. Uh, uh, yeah. Camellia. A Sasanqua camellia. Well, I didn't know the the height the man was. Yeah, I guess he wants it pretty high, is is what I'm gathering. Because he he said about eight or ten. Because they are apartment buildings, so pretty high. Yeah, yeah. Sasanqua's you can you can really let those grow up. You can. uh, It's going to take a little time for all of these plants. They're not going to grow like a uh, Leland cypress, but they'll grow pretty quickly. You just have to have some patience and plant them properly spaced. Spread them out, and they're going to have to. They'll grow together eventually, but you get you got to got to have some patience. Uh, go go to Campbell Road or uh, Nelson's Place, yeah. Garden Hut, a good garden center, and get some advice on that too. Gary is in Clayton. Gary, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Hey, we couldn't be better. How are you? Uh, I am great. I have listened to y'all for decades. Oh wow! Thank uh, you. And uh, I got a question that I haven't heard you cover. Uh, oh wow! <laughs> I'm trying to get some uh, containers together for my tomato plant, uh, per Gerald's instructions. Uh, normally, when I make dirt for stuff like that, I'll use about thirty percent uh, peat moss and compost and uh, and regular dirt from my yard. Uh, but if I do that for tomatoes, am I running into trouble with whatever's in my regular dirt to uh, cause the tomatoes problem? T- tomatoes are so sensitive to diseases. And, uh, yeah, soil-borne diseases, ooh, that can certainly do it. Uh, Phil? Uh, the spot in my yard where I'm getting the dirt from is uh, in the woods far away from where I'd be raising tomatoes. Yeah. But if I got issues in part of the dirt in the front yard, do I, might I have it in the back too? That's, you you yeah. probably do, and um, I would suggest getting some bagged soil, so it will be more be sterile, um, because we I don't even let my tomato roots go down into the, the soil. Okay, I I try to keep my own uh, cement or asphalt or something. So they can't go down into the soil that's around my house, because if they do, then they're gonna they're gonna get that um, get the disease. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm excited about Gerald's bringing plants to the farmers market, and I wanted to be ready for it, but that I uh, thought that might be creating an issue I don't need, and that's yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so I'll get some. Yeah, if Gerald were on today, I think he would point. definitely Thank tell you, you that. So Hey, thank you very much, Gary. Thanks, Gary. Appreciate you being a part of the show. Certainly. Yeah, people, you know, 
do you do you have any annuals in yet? Yes, we're starting to put starting them in to get now. some in. Yeah, we finished putting our perennials in for the most part. And now we're starting on annuals. How about mm-hmm. that? Yeah. But no tomato plants. Don't buy any no. tomato plants yet. No, we aren't even plant. Well, we plant plugs, so we're not even getting ours planted yet. Good old impatience and yep. and begonias is what I'm yep. going to be coming for. Yep. About about the first of June. No, first of May. Oh, you're going to let your pansies. As my granny would say, play out. Play out. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. you know, you you just uh, pansies. It's a, pansies have had a tough year, haven't they? Because they of all have. this this water, and they, they like have. good good drainage. Yep. A lot of but times, the ones coming in here, the the beds look great. Yep. Um, on high woods, and it's because they're raised beds. Raised, boy, they are yep. raised beds. They are, and we saw yep. them doing that. Last fall, and they they mm-hmm. do it right every year, and that's what you recommend. Uh, and you've got some pansies and other things we at uh, Campbell Road. We still have a new crop of pansies. We've got snaps that are starting to bloom out. Uh, we've got lettuce, and we will, beginning this week, we'll have all of the early season Very good. Uh, Veggies. And, of course, look for a new article on Campbell Road Nursery in Kerry Magazine, the March edition. Miss Ann, Brother Rufus, Phil, thank you so much. Sam, thank you. God love you all. Thank you for listening. Thank you for calling. We'll see you next week.